Sir. Um, awesome week and powerful guest we have today. As we, with your permission, continue Men's Month from June into July, because there's many issues that we're still to touch on, and the response has been really, really inspirational. Just delighted to hear the men calling and sending messages. This is Wallace Half Hour. Every Sunday, 1 p.m., we come to you to look at our health from a perspective that gives reverence to the source of our being. That means that wellness starts with creation. That's our gift from our Father in Heaven. We impart there five pillars to wellness. Spirituality, mindset, nutrition, lifestyle, and environment. And yes, while we say health is the absence of disease, in wellness we go beyond and we add. It's also a balance of spirit, mind, and body, and it's a joyfulness. A quest for vitality, vibrancy in life. You're awake in the morning and you're just grateful, just thankful to have the sun shining through your windows. Men's health, an issue that's overly timely and just delighted to have the journey with all our guests from Dr. Professor Dr. Osho. We talked about men and heart disease. We had the talk on emotional wellness and men. We went into the arena of labs that men must do regularly. And I hope you all took note and applying that information. Last week, we looked at boys to men with Palma Ikuku. Today, we have a powerful gentleman, a founder of just so, so much he's doing, the Catalyst Men's Network. So we'll literally continue on boys to men, then we'll go into some specific health issues and he'll tell you his successes and his challenges in regards to us, the male species. Good afternoon, <laughs> Mr. Dayo Adeyemi. Very good afternoon, Dr. Patrick Ejewede. You're doing a fantastic job. Keeping families well is a major issue. Amen. God's grace. Thank you very much for being here with us. It's a pleasure. It's been actually phone tag initially, trying to get him here. He has a fairly busy agenda, for those of you who know Dayo. <laughs> in teaching men, grooming boys to men, working with men and health issues, family issues, and also helping men stay out of the arena of domestic violence. Welcome. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Boys to men. You are grew in this field, though. So, yeah, so just guide us. What are some of the challenges, what are some of the successes you've seen as you've worked in this arena of grooming boys into manhood? There are 12 major challenges the boys of today face. One, parents disconnected from the age of their kids. Two, co-parenting. Number three, Google. Peer pressure, and peer pressure has changed from just mere physical relationship. Peer pressure is now your smartphone with your boy. Mm. The school environment is a challenge to the boy child. We can look at all of this in different faces and say, look, the boy child is actually endangered if not well trained. The boy you give birth to today, I'll tell you, is potentially leather. Potentially leather as in L-E-T-H-A to his generation if you don't handle him well. One single boy takes out 200 men somewhere in the southeast, the vampire. One single guy, not properly raised, can kidnap a whole school, illicit team. We need to pay attention to the boy child, commensurately like we're paying attention to the girl child, because your boy of seven years when he's 21 is not likely to marry the girl who is 19 or his age range. So if you don't prepare the boy, you can't get the men of tomorrow that we desire. You can't even build a nation when you don't build a boy today. Preparing the boys of 
today for tomorrow. You, you said you said there's twelve major arenas. <laughs> you talked about parenting. You touched on parental distancing. You touched yeah. on Google University. <laughs> you touched upon schools, the school environment. All right. The other ones are common drug issues. Okay. All right. Let's let's parental di distancing. Let's touch on that one. We, we, we have a disconnect now because we have new species of boys on the block. They are different from your father. They are different from your mother. They are different from your wife. Are, so you can't afford not to do a calculated understanding of the boy child. Number one, his education is different from that of the girl child. His counseling is different from that of the girl child. Traditionally, you sit a girl and a boy and then you are talking to them in counseling. No. We've evolved a new method whereby we get boys to speak out more. One of the major things I didn't mention is boys' silence. The tough boys issue. When a parent had done what they need to do, they have learned what they have to do, and yet it's like this boy is tough on me. He's silent on me. That silent treatment is huge among boys. How do we need to navigate this? Parents has to be intentional, number one. Number two, understand that you need professional expertise in addition to your parenting skills. Let me also tell you, doctor, there is no single manual that comes with raising the boy child. So don't keep experimenting. We went into this to intentionally raise boy, build curriculums, build trainings that can help parents to understand what we call the biology of boys. And there is a biology of boys. Most people don't know. All right. You, each, each sentence, each time you speak, you're mentioning so much. I'm taking notes here. This boy's silence. Because yeah. I know I was, I did perpetuate it growing up. And it took me, it wasn't until university that I began to actually speak, open up. Open up. And I recall one day, I saw my dad give a talk. And something Inside of me just said, that could be you. You've got to learn to speak and speak with confidence before an audience. When I got back to university, this was in the US, that summer, then the following summer, I found a class, a speech class, just to learn to get it at speaking confidence. The boy's silence, is it just shyness? Is it psychological? Is it is a defense system? Break it down for us. How do we understand this boy's silence? Okay. First thing is relational issue. How have you been able to communicate with your boy child? I'll tell parents listening to me today, the communication with a boy who is 11 years old is already too late. Mm. You don't communicate with a boy who is 11 years old. People ask me, say, well, no, at that age, you're already connecting with him. He's transforming, transiting from seeing himself not just as a preteen, as a possible teenager. He's seen himself as the lord of the manor. He's seen himself as, look, I'm a man. Mommy, what are you talking about? He shuns the mom. Is it a defense mechanism? Not necessarily. It's a transition for them. And so, when you start to communicate with them, they start to resist you. What you do from the age of 11 to 19 is to be able to connect with your boy child. Treat him like a miniature male. That gives us, you know, a whole lot of ego. To say, oh, sorry, mommy sees me from different perspectives. I'm not just the boy child, go and wash the place, go and sweep the floor. That perspective needs to change. There is a need for greater understanding to know that, look, you connect with them. And after 
you are connecting with them, you also now start to build with them. If you don't connect and build and you are trying to communicate at the age of 18, 19 with them, sorry, you had already lost the boy child either to drugs or school systems or the peer pressure or whatever. Intentional communication to ensure that you and your boy child bonds. And that's why we have the problems even with the school system, the educational system. We give generic education, generic communication to boys and girls. Not bad. We have learned through it over the years. But there is a new way we are telling you that you need to communicate with the boy child so that you can pump it in to a system. Number two, it's not just about ego. It's about parents who don't have the skills and shift the blame to the boy child. Oh, you have, and I've handled many, many of these issues, doctor. Many of these issues disconnect between the boy child and the parent leading to drugs, leading to misbehavior, leading to a whole lot of issues. What I tell parents is this. It's not even yourself who needs counseling. You, both, both father and mother, you have to come for counseling first. Come for training so that you can raise the man who will be greater than his father and be useful to his nation. Communicating with the boy, age 11 plus, he said, it's not just communicating, it's, it's, it's a traditional period. So you must connect with them where, they, where you, you are in. You see them and they see themselves as, no, no, let me say that again. Where we see them as they see themselves as a miniature man. Soon, the Lord of the Manor. Lord of the Manor. What does that mean, doctor? It means just like the man in your life don't want to be controlled. The boy in your life also don't want to be controlled. I've witnessed it. So too. you need wisdom. <laughs> so when he saw this smartphone, you are shouting on him. He's, he's, he's reading you like a young man. Look, woman, look, daddy. I'm like you. Please leave the control. Leave the space for me. This is me. The boy after you. I am in charge of my life. If at that point you don't have the wisdom, the training, the requisite knowledge to connect... You don't see that the smartphone takes more of his time than you. It will be robotically for some time. When he gets to the university, you decide that you have lost him. It's a WhatsApp communication, not the parental communication of God. Hey, God, I'm having a challenge here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one part of me wants to argue with him and be defensive. The other part is saying, just take notes and listen like a good student. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. That's that around age 11, 12, that transition is period. And if we get it right, the young man grooms into a mob. Yeah. Okay. What inhibits us men at that point from acknowledging this? You said training. What else inhibits? You said we lack the skills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why don't we? Is it that we're not taught how to identify this transitional period? What makes us men lose our boys at this stage? There are so many factors. The patriarchy system does not even want the man to speak out. It's not just the patriarchy, even the matriarchy system. When issues happen, they deal with it like a man. And it has to deal with it. How does a man deal with his problems? He stores it inside. He, you know, he, he swallows it inside. And then you see a boy who becomes as a functional. When, when do we get there? Patriarchy is number one. Number two also is key that we get to a point that we strongly believe that the boy child can sort himself. Nobody sorts himself. We need psychosocial support. You see, what we do in the Catalyst Men Network is to be able to bring bespoke solutions 
to the life of boys, their parents, and the girls. I always say, doctor, whoever has a male has anything to do with a male in his life, need to learn about the male. Either at work, either at home, either in the church. Because the way we do things is fundamentally different from the way women see things. And these differences is what manifests in relationship issues that we have. Um, I thought we were going to talk a bit about the emotional awareness of men today. But let me tell you, doctor, when a woman <coughs> is beaten, women don't see a connect between a man who is mentally and emotionally and psychologically stable and his responses to his home. Look at widows. The man who dies early creates more problems for the wife and the children left behind. Women don't understand that when your husband is sad, both of you live longer to see your great-grandchildren. Most people don't even connect the life of men to economic growth. The man who has company and now has employed 30, 40 people is gone suddenly. Nobody is able to manage it again. Men's emotional health is something that we all need to rally around. This gender dichotomy we against them is not it at all. I will always say this, just like we need to support women to be mentally, psychologically sound. We also now need to rally around the men in their lives. Because if something goes wrong with the man, 13 people is affected instantly. 13. And it takes close to nine years for a woman to build herself up again, if she truly loves the man. So, the role that we need to play in a man's life is to get to that point to say, sorry, this is a species that needs help. The question we always ask, do the men even see the need to need help? We don't. But you see, with a loving guardian, so I've seen women drag, literally drag their husbands to me and say, let's have counseling. And I say, there's no problem. The problem with now is that I won't do counseling between you and your wife. It's one-on-one -on -one with the man. Because by the time we finish dealing with the man, he's looking at this, so, ooh, I have this issue. I say, thank God your wife brought you. The role of women in ensuring that men lead better, live longer, and love better is key, especially in this pressured generation. Mm. <laughs> but I've been doing this for 11, 12 years full time, so I know that thing I do. All right, yes, do open the lines now. <laughs> yes, 0700 We're touching on boys to men and also the emotional wellness of our men. The part you just mentioned, it's in the women's role. Very important to make sure that, that the men live long, help the men in their journey to emotion, maintaining emotional well-being. You said the men don't even know that we need it. Why? How come we don't pick it up? Is that we don't, we don't hear when our wives may say it or it's until they drag us to you or is it you know, among our boys, you know, how we behave, we, we feel ourselves the wrong thing. We, we, we are fed with the notion that a man can sort himself. And men have been trying to sort themselves for years and they are ending up dying younger, dying early. Let me quickly mention this 30% of a man's death is dependent on his genetics, the remaining 70% is his lifestyle. So it's critical we understand that men need to open up. The days of boys don't cry. Yeah, I understand. I keep saying, oh, if you need to cry, come and cry. The question is, whose shoulders am I going to cry upon? 
if you don't have a woman, a wife, who has my child? Okay. Right. Um, good afternoon. Wellness half hour. Name and where you're calling from. Uh, good afternoon. My name is Mayowa. I'm calling from Bariga. Yes, Mayowa. Go ahead, sir. Um, I'm, a, I'm currently a teens, uh, my youth counselor in my church, and I'm also married. And I'm connecting a lot. This is my first time listening in. I don't know how I stumbled upon you guys from church today. And I am, I am overwhelmed by how much I need to learn about the male child, both personally and um, and for what I do in the society. I've long identified that there are so many things to do, but I personally have not found direction. Uh, mostly around that silence that uh, our guest is talking about. What what are the practical steps to help people out of silence? That's my one of my main issues because whether the child is is veering to the right or veering to the left that silence is almost always there that keeping to themselves it's happened to me it's happened to siblings it's happened to people i talk to what can we do okay uh, the first... i know that i need help okay and i know that myself i don't even open up to help even in my own family okay very lovely questions you the first question is how do you get um, a structured uh, training for you to be able to handle the boy child in your life? I'm on radio. I'm not permitted to say much, but we have um, certification in boys counseling and coaching of men. It's a pure certification. Later, call Dr. Ejewere. We'll have more details on that. How do we open the boy child up? Let's separate it. The boy child and the men. Let's also separate the men. The husband, the father, and the CEO. They are two, you know, men play, men are actors. They play different roles. So I want to separate it for you. For the boy child, between the ages of one and nine, please love them the way you think they should be loved. Between the ages of nine and 15, please love the boy child the way he wants to be loved not the way you think it should be loved. Mm. So, if you love a child, you understand the love language, you understand the emotional makeup, you understand, you know, the thing that makes him trip, you understand his psychometrics, his personality issue. Because sometimes, if somebody is melancholy, sanguine or whatever, we need to understand that oh, this person may not be given to talk, he may be given to action, he may be given to things, you know, that, that he works with his hand. That is his own love language. That is the way he speaks out. So instead of you to force him to speak, engage him. In the course of engagement, boys speak. That's key. Let me also now tell you something. Is, uh, men, they don't talk to their wives. I said it's a bloody lie. When you get to body, body, beer parlor, you see men open up. What we talk. Men truly talk. And we don't talk about women sometimes. We don't talk about beers. We don't even talk about football. We talk to one another because... We feel it's an atmosphere of liberty. Mm. We are not going to be condemned. There is not going to be feedback. Whatever you say is not going to be used against you. So if you don't have a woman who sees your life as a ministry, who has not built capacity not to condemn you, not to put you down, not to repeat what you have said and use it against you, you see that man naturally goes inward. When you go at the level of either pastoral or whatever, the fear is if I tell him, what happens to me? I hope it's not going to be 
on the altar. That is why God raised people like me up to hear you in an environment of total trust. Sometimes anonymously. We've had several cases. Somebody who came to us and said, sorry, I have attractions for good. If you know what that means, you know what it means. My attraction is every time I say good, everything that is man in me rises up. What do I do? And he came in. He couldn't have said that to his wife or said that to the pastor, but there is an enabling environment, a trusting environment. He knows, oh, all we do, in fact, if a man doesn't survive, our ministry does not survive. So we take it professionally. If you want to talk after the program, call Dr. Ejewere, we'll get to talk one-on-one -on -one professionally. And if need be for further counseling, we give you assessment tools online, things you can use to assess yourself, masculine tools. All of that, the Lord has helped us to profile. All right. Thank you very much, sir. I'll do just that. You mentioned man as husband, man as CEO, <laughs> and man as um, just male. Man as a father, father. as a husband, husband, as a business owner, and then man as an outsider. That's the fourth layer of a man. Every man runs three lives, unless God has helped him. He runs through life. Three lives. He runs a private life. He runs a personal life. He runs a public life. His private life is such that the wives know about it. Sometimes outside, you see Dr. Patrick Ijewere, all lovely looking, beautiful young man. You don't know he has anger problem, but the wife knows. You won't do that outside. I won't do that. So your public life is different. If you have served, you are working, you say, oh, God, if you cross or gas part, those are the public life. But we also have personal life, the one we hide. What we do in the forbidden zones. Things we do, we don't have to know from fraud to corruption to red light districts. You know, intelligent men, where to do men, who picks, you know, uh, pleasures along the road. So that private life, that public life, that personal life, unless we connect it together, a less man can never be truly, truly productive and happy. And the moment a man is not happy, there is always a retaliation somewhere. Either it's work, either it's woman, either it's beer, either it's something. There is also something that there's a repercussion. And we need to be able to help men to understand. Consequences. Consequences. It doesn't go for any man. So we need to bridge the private, the personal, <laughs> and the public. If not, something suffers as a consequence somewhere. Mm. I'm learning all. <laughs> All right. Emotional intelligence. Part of them they say men don't have emotional intelligence. So women somehow get it to that is a gift. Do you, first of all, do you believe that? And if so, how do we? If you think, if you say it's true from business experience, how do we escalate beyond? Okay. E emotional intelligence is not gender sensitive. It's learning sensitive. Yeah. It's not peculiar to women. It's not peculiar to men. Doctor, there are three issues a man must solve to, to try. Relationship, resources, and relaxation. You can put in three other ways. His family, his faith, and his finances. If you didn't get the three balance, it's less of a man, so to speak, by word definition. Emotional intelligence is ability to have self-awareness, who you are. And then, when you have that, when you understand what we call self-awareness, you know what to do per time. You are able to map yourself and respond appropriately. But don't forget that emotional intelligence, sometimes we lose it because we have 
anger management issues. Most men who have anger issues, I tell them, the people who beat their wives without giving any excuses, there are other external, extant frustrations locked in somewhere that the man has stoked up for years. So when we say, hey, where are you coming from? Like the Yoruba used to say, Kilagbe, Kilaju. The woman is asking a simple question. The perspective just is like, fear. what is your problem? Am I the only one who has gone since morning? There are other pressures, extant. But you see, that's why I keep hammering. Women who are listening out there, please come and enroll and learn more about men. What you are calling emotional intelligence, doctor is called masculine intelligence. Women need to learn masculine intelligence. Uncle Sonny, don't pass me. Can I say publicly this? Sonny Rabo, you are fantastic. You trained me here. You are forgotten. God bless you. Yeah, I served under you when I was here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just calling it masculine intelligence brings it closer to home and less threatening for us to identify with it. Yeah. The word emotional intelligence is a bit disconnecting from us. Emotional, we're not supposed to be emotional, but the term masculine intelligence we can identify with it and i will listen to it more closely <laughs> all right the the ceo personality how how can they merge that person okay in the workplace they say men and women handle things differently the ceo personality of the man can be very abrasive how do we address that issue uh, you see in the corporate world we have a product for them, what we call senior managers, emotional wellness. The man who resumes in the money is not necessarily the man who is okay. He may sit behind his desk, he may earn all of the money. Sonny uh, Rabon may have all the good voices, the good voices on radio, but there's something. The moment he hits his microphone, the, the Rabon comes out. That is the him. But you see, the moment he leaves the place, what he has owned before he goes to the studio goes back to him. In the workplace, men must learn the balance it's not just about making the money making the profit driving the goals ensuring deliveries of goals ensuring that the goals are met but also am i emotionally connected even to the people that i work with and so sad today most women who are now hr they are not taking on masculine features the nurturing part the connecting part that makes a woman a woman is being taken away by policy so the CEO needs to learn. And we have the emotional assessment for men. We you know we deal with men only. We deal with Zotama. We have that emotional assessment for CEOs. Are you emotionally, are you mentally okay? Are you psychologically okay? Do you think that you are okay? After hours. What we call after hours. Uncle Sonny will resonate with this, you know. Those big boys after hours. Uh, is this 916, what do you call it? <laughs> you know, the G hours. When you go to those places, you are going to calm down. There are issues that happen recently. When you look at the life of a man, why does he have to go and get a pleasure that results in his death? There is something fundamentally wants to talk. People don't understand. It's not just about the sex. It's about acceptance. The thing we give women is the thing that men needed or need most. Affirmation. I don't know if you understand. Affirmation. Oh, doctor, you are looking good, Sonny. You taught me here. There's something about it. I said, wow, I've raised another young man who is here today. He didn't know he's going to meet me. But that's an affirmation for him. The same thing we need to do for our boy child. Please, boy, you are handsome. You are good. Ensure that you say it. If you don't say it, one girl from somewhere will say, I love you, and then stab him to death. Uncle Sonny. 
This one passed me. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Lines. Um, 0700-923-923-923. There's a question on WhatsApp. Yeah. It's a long one. So it says, greetings to everyone in the studio and a special one to you, doctor, and your guest. Please help me with this quandary. A side chick is better as a side chick, but once you elevate them to wife, they change. A wife was once nice, and why she became so, and in the marriage, she nags. Help me understand, please, Timothy. Lovely question. These are real men, real issues. Side chicks, they have their benefits, but there is also consequences to it. I will never deny the benefits of a side chick. There is benefit. Men now need to understand beyond the benefit, there is the consequences. Number two, the wife. Most women, men look for ownership. They say women look for possession. The moment a woman gives birth to two, three children for you, at the back of her mind, she's not willing to go. She may make trouble, make stress, make your life difficult, but she's not thinking like you are thinking. Where am I, where am I going again? To start where? Unless there's a serious abuse and domestic issue, there's not, most women would divorce. It's last minute effort. Why do women nag? Women nag because men don't have prerequisite understanding of the intimate partner that they are married to. Do you know the funny thing, doctor? Nobody prepares us for the woman that we are getting married to. Nobody. There is no single future husband's forum that I know, except one we do. We are there, we tell them, your intimate partner is the one that can stress you the most. Not because she hates you, but because she wants the best for you in her own way, which you don't understand. Mm. Do you understand? Most women would like they are communicating. Yeah. But because the ears of our men are not totally prepared, mm. they want to hear what they are hearing. I say, my wife is this. I want this joke. If you marry a witch, you are a wizard. It's a beautiful combination. I love the combination. Yeah. <laughs> if you are the side chick, well, you are also a side... Uh, what's it? What's it? <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, we need to get men, not mm. just to the moral ground, oh, not my. on the moral ground. Not just, but there's a need for behavioral change. We have gone to churches for so long, nothing's changing. There's a new approach that the catalyst man is bringing on the table. Wow. Wellness half hour. You heard, you're hearing it from Dayo Adeyemi, founder of the Catalyst Men's Network, talking about boys to men, men's emotional wellness. There's a lot more as you can tell from his passion, mm. his so many issues, clarity in how he's broken issues up for us to understand better, insights, deep insights. Uncle Sonny. This one passed me. Thank you so much. I mean, I've learned so much. I've taken notes. It's a delight to have you. And I know we'll have you on again. We've gone over July, June for Men's Month into July. And guys, ladies and guys, I hope you can see why it was necessary. There's more issues regarding men in the month of July. Thank you all very much for listening. Dio, tremendous appreciation. Much, Thank much you so appreciated. much, Dr. Paul. Bring me in.